That's a growler. Welcome back to Beauty and the Beastly Minute, the podcast where we break down and analyze Beauty and the Beast, one cautious step at a time. I'm Bobby from Growler Media. And I'm Janae Hyatt. And we are your hosts for Beauty and the Beastly Minute. We are glad to be back with you again, talking about Minute 43 of Beauty and the Beast, which starts with Belle entering the West Wing and ends with her reaching for a slashed up portrait. Do you want to kick us off? I think, I feel like you have a few more notes than I do. <laughs> um, so Yeah, I was actually surprised how much I pumped out for this minute because I was like, well, she's just mostly walking down the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, I got a lot of stuff. Well, most so. of the things I noticed, I think you're going to hit. So I'll just pipe up if I feel like it. Okay. <laughs> so I feel like as she starts going down this hallway, we, I think, are definitely correct in our previous assumptions that as she gets closer or as one gets closer to where the beast spends most of his time, the castle gets a lot more creepy. And I'm still not really sure why that is. If that's like the curse that is like he's emanating negative vibes. So there's like 10 times more creepy gargoyle things everywhere. And the things that are there are a lot more creepy. But this hallway is definitely one of one of the bad ones that she's having to go down. Well, she doesn't have to go down, but that she goes down. <laughs> Um, I wonder if it's, I mean, I guess, yeah, there's a lot more creepy things, but once you get into his room, when we get into his room in a minute, a lot of the creepiness he has created, so. Yeah, that's true. His room is is very messy. Yeah. But we'll get to that when we get to that. The first thing I really like, I don't know why exactly, but like as we start this minute, the last minute we ended off and she was with the monkey and the dragon. And today she's with the dragon starting off and like this horned half of a man sticking out of the wall. And he's a candle holder, but I think it's really cool. I never noticed him, but he's got like a candle in each hand, a big candle in each hand, just like having these candles in his fists. And uh, I just think that that looks like a a really cool way to make a candle holder. I mean, it's kind of creepy. (laughs) A sconce. Those are called sconces. Did you know that? Sconce. I feel like I knew that, but I didn't remember it. As I was writing all these notes, I was like, I know there's got to be a better word than candle holder. I was set dressing for a show and we used sconces on the walls. So I learned that. Sconce. Sconce. (laughs) wrong show wrong words but i totally am there with you um (laughs) so what was i gonna say oh also i noticed that they continue like that same sconce is repeated all the way down the hallway to the door yeah yeah i I started out and i was like that's a really cool one and then i was like oh wait they're like Along the whole hallway. Uh, Which I wonder if that one may, those maybe were there before and they, those I feel like would have been changed by the curse. Mm. Because that's kind of creepy. I kind of want one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Maybe, maybe just like a little one, you know, you could put it on the wall. So if somebody out there with a 3D printer can like make that, (laughs) I will totally buy it. Probably just like. I actually just met someone who has a 3D printer. Those things are so cool. Except for he's building his 3D printer. Which I was like, is apparently isn't that hard to do. Apparently. But. I was like, you're too smart for me. Just <laughs> can't handle you. But oh, yeah. Hook me up, Janae. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, I noticed 
I don't know if this is next on your list, but the the guy who's like he's not decapitated, but he's decapitated. <laughs> Decorsetapicated. <laughs> De. <laughs> or I mean, there's not really a word for that, but basically, is he's cut off at the torso. He's cut in half. Yeah. <laughs> cut in half. Well, when I think of half, I think like down the middle. Mm. But he's like cut horizontal ways, not vertical yeah. ways. Anyway, that's not important, but I never realized until, like, today that he was on the ground because, and the rest of himself was up there above him. Yeah. Yeah, I started, like I said, I went through the minute in slow motion, and I was like, okay, there's this creepy hand, foot, broken off snake staff thing. He's sitting here, and then I was like, oh, and there's this big dude falling on the ground. So they probably went together at some point, and Beast just completely... Broke apart this probably 2,000-pound statue. (laughs) No big deal. So I kind of just have like a list of all the creepy things in the hallway. (laughs) Uh, We got the dragon at the beginning, the creepy sconce guys holding the candles. You have the hand, staff, snake, foot, and then his body on the floor. And then along the wall in various places, they have these giant dragon-esque beast gargoyle-looking things that are perched up on the wall. So they have these perches that they they sit on. And I think there's like three or four of them along the walls in between the candle sconces. Mm -hmm. Do I have to say candle sconces or is it just sconces? The sconces. Mm -hmm. Between the sconces. (laughs) Okay. Also, do you have that guy with like the clawed feet and the hand on? Yeah. Those are, I hadn't really paid attention to that much before, but I wonder what the rest of it looks like. It looks like he's squatting. Yeah, yeah, he's one of one of the giant dudes sitting up on the wall because you see the the oh, claw yeah. clawed feet in the hands, and then further down you see more of them kind of at the same level. They're all different, so you look like you right. have like a dragon looking one, and then you can't really tell what the third one is, but some kind of tailed looks like he might have wings with like a a little puppy on his knee or something. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> a little puppy on his knee. <laughs> but yeah, she's just walking by like, it's, it's kind of creepy the first one because she's so close and you can see all the claws and stuff. Yeah. Creepy hallway. Creepy hallway. And then we've got the broken mirror, which is awesome. Which I do have some thoughts about that. Okay, well, let me finish my list and then we'll, we'll jump back to that. Okay. If you look in the hallway, kind of as she goes down, as you get like a full look down the hallway, at the top of Beast's door, you can't really see too much of it, but there's a horned head at the top of his doors. And that's super creepy. Having like this ominous looking horned beast thing looking right down at you. And you can't actually see it when she gets to the door because the doors are enormous and tall. But from this view, we can see it. Besides that, you just have the actual doorknob is kind of creepy. And then the super creepy caped monkeys holding the <laughs> candlesticks at the end of the hallway. Those monkeys. Yeah, those monkeys. They kind of reminded me of the flying monkeys from yes. Wizard of Oz. I was like, yeah. I was going to say flying monkeys, but they don't have wings. They have capes. Non-flying monkeys, which yeah. all monkeys except for the flying monkeys are non-flying monkeys, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I did want to say that I love the music in this part. I mean, mm-hmm. I like the music throughout the whole movie, and I feel like I keep saying that, but especially here, because it starts out, you get this suspenseful, it's almost like they did a clock ticking, like a ding, 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 So I really like how they kind of made that suspenseful. And I feel like there's a lot of clock symbolism that I'm not quite getting as we're going through this movie with Cogsworth and the rose is kind of a clock. So Mm. 
it might have something to do with that. Or they might just be trying to be suspenseful with the music as she's going down this hallway because it does kind of give it a, a feeling of suspense as she's going down. Yeah, I love it. And then the mirror. Okay, so I love the shot in this minute where, so you see the mirror on the wall and then she stops and turns and you see this close-up of her looking at her, like you see her reflection Mm -hmm. in the, what, seven different pieces of the broken mirror. And I was like, okay, I feel like broken mirrors mean something. And of course, everybody knows the, like, a broken, if you break a mirror, it's seven years bad luck or something. Mm-hmm. But something that I found online that I thought was interesting was how more about like broken glass, I guess, because it said that glass, broken glass can represent shattered expectations, which mm. was something that I thought was interesting because the beast is the one who shattered the mirror and his expectations of what his life was going to be were completely shattered and changed when he became a beast. Yeah. So that's very uh, applicable, I think. Um, but also, uh, I found this thing and I just kind of wanted to read a little bit of it because I thought it was super interesting. So it talks about how glass can be really fragile. And if you like put it under stress or high force impact that it will break and this website called quora i don't know Mm -hmm. um yeah said some people are fragile they're like glass and cannot cope with sudden changes or assaults even those that are not that forceful the result of those traumas may be that the individual becomes angry and dangerous lashing out at others much like a shard of glass can impale or cut someone else Other individuals may fall apart in ways that are only harmful to themselves. The characteristics of a high-impact blow might fit for a person whose entire being is affected by what was initially an emotional or psychological impact. So I just thought that was super interesting in relation to the Beast because he had this huge impact on his life and he became that like shard of glass that cuts uh, everything around him and lashes out and because Mm -hmm. he becomes angry and he's dangerous and all of those things that's pretty deep janae thanks internet google whatever you are (laughs) um so mostly i thought that was interesting and i'm sure there's some sort of symbolism in like her reflection being like splintered and her looking back at herself but i -hmm. didn't actually think that deeply into that part of it but well and she has you know also had her dreams shattered of i mean i guess she hasn't but she thinks she has right now that she's a prisoner and she can't go off and have adventures and Mm -hmm. hasn't quite realized that this is her adventure that she's going on and so yeah that's a super good point um seven years bad luck that means that beast must have broken this mirror when he was like 13 oh so maybe he never mm. found a girl because he broke the broke mirror the mirror also i feel like years. i feel like i read a thing where it talked about how people thought mirrors were evil because like if you looked at your reflection in a mirror that was your soul being reflected back to you and you had to like I don't remember. Oh, there's something you had to do so that your soul wouldn't get caught in the reflection of the mirror 
or I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> so I'm just going to stop. So if you guys know what I'm trying to remember that I don't know, let us know on our Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long shot, but uh, who knows what could happen. <laughs> you can teach me. <laughs> okay. And uh, I guess besides that, it's just Beast is constantly trying to cover up anything or smash or slash anything that reminds him of how he looks or how he used to look. So mm-hmm. he's another another way we see that he's very sensitive about what he's become. Are we going into his room now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're we're at the door. She does her little look back. I don't know. Am I going to do it? Yeah, I'm going to do it. And she pulls that door open and we get the epic door squeal. I feel like that's one of the sounds that they put in here. And I don't know if they got it from somewhere else and they're just reusing it or if they made it themselves. But I feel like that's very Beauty and the Beast when I hear that. I'm like, oh, Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And trash room. Trash room. <laughs> I love um, I love when they open the door, how they have the shot from up above. And mm-hmm. as she opens the door, it zooms out and it shows like the scope not only of the size of the room, but also of the amount of destruction <laughs> in the room. <laughs> that it's just overwhelming. Like, everything is just trashed. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like we get a lot of these shots as we're entering a room where we're near the ceiling. We're kind of behind some of the gargoyles. So we see the gargoyles watching Belle, and they always, or Belle or Maurice or whoever happens to be walking around down there. But they always kind of happen to be looking towards our main character entering. And it makes the character look very small and lost because we're way up there with the gargoyles watching them. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of feel like we're more part of the castle and part of the curse. And we're watching these lost little people wander around in these enormous rooms down there. Poor unfortunate souls. (laughs) Since we're, you know, bringing in other movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's going to be fun. Also, did you notice that there's only one door handle oh yeah that's i had weird. never noticed that before i was like that's weird yeah i didn't notice that until you until you just mentioned it that there's only uh on the side that she opened is there a door handle and it's not like the other yeah. one was ripped off it doesn't look like it the door was damaged at all they just didn't put one yeah <gasps> maybe they just you know were busy with other things <laughs> easy to come in not so easy to get out <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um So one of the moments that I really like in this part of the minute is where she turns around and sees his bed, like where he sleeps and stuff. And Mm -hmm. her, it's like destroyed and looks like there's a, some sort of animal pelt that is on top of a bunch of like straw or something. Yeah. And, um, I, she kind of does this little, uh, she's kind of taken back because she does this slight pull back mm-hmm. and uh, it's very very slight and small but i think that it's telling of this really being the first time that she is kind of realizing how he lives mm-hmm. and that he i mean somehow she hasn't been really that scared of him or worried or anything <laughs> she's just not afraid of him she's like i just hate you and i'm not gonna listen to you even though you're bigger and stronger and scarier but i think this is the first time she probably realizes oh this is like actually a beast of some kind who lives like a beast he doesn't even though he walks around on two feet and he looks scary he lives that way too and um or 
Maybe she's startled because she's like, oh, I had no idea he was living in such bad conditions. I don't know. Um, Probably the first, but... Yeah, 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 I think she's just kind of more amazed at how nasty his room is and stuff. Because <laughs> there is, like, a in the in the original script and then in, in the filming script, I guess, it's kind of interesting to see the difference in there. So if we if we have some time, I wanted to, to read a little bit of those because it gives you more of a feeling for what they were trying to go for here. But even just going back to, to looking at the mess that he made in the room, first off, I can kind of understand why he gets a little upset that she's in there. Besides the whole Rose thing, he has a really messy room, like, <laughs> like really messy. And before I got married, I had a pretty messy room, but it wasn't like everything broken and trashed and like nasty. It was just very messy because I have a ton of stuff and I'm always working on like 10 different things. Right. Uh, so I definitely wouldn't have wanted any girls that I was going out with to come in my room because it was a huge mess. But then with his, it's even worse because like you said, there's animal carcasses. As she's walking right. in the foreground, we see these giant antlers, yeah. which we have to assume is one of his previous meals slash leftovers or something and then on his bed like you said he has the fur there which may have just been a royal robe or blanket or something you know that's not uncommon for them to have giant furs on their beds but then he's also got the skull of some animal you can see like the little horns and the skull lying there on the bed Mm -hmm. i was like hey i'm just sitting on my bed snacking on this animal head pretty gross and uh you have to imagine that the the smell in there is not too pleasant (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh and then as she's walking i also didn't really think about this before but she's walking and she bumps into this little table which is very similar to the to the pedestal that the rose is on we'll see in a uh we saw at the beginning and we'll see a little bit later but she just like is looking around and then runs into this table and grabs it before it hits the ground but still if the rose had been on that table that thing would be gone so Beast is a little bit justified in not wanting her anywhere <laughs> near his stuff. Right. Because she totally could have destroyed the rose. And who yeah, knows, flex. maybe it would have been fine. <sighs> yeah. And then uh, in this, the, the moment you were talking about where she's kind of pulls back in surprise and, and turns around, and that's when she sees the, the slashed up painting. I can really see what Tony Bancroft was talking about a few episodes ago, where she looks, at least to me, very different than what I think of as Belle. Like when she turns around and has that surprised look on her face, you can see that, okay, her face kind of has a little bit of a different structure to it than what I said, like what I what I typically think of as Belle. And she's obviously still recognizable, but I feel like she's very more Dorothy from Wizard of Oz looking here than than normal. Which which part is this? This is like second 52. So she was looking at the bed and, oh. she's like, <gasps> and turns around and looks at the portrait. Yeah. So yeah, that's the uh, them not really having a an art director or whatever it was that was paying close attention to, to having yeah. continuity in her looks. Although in minute 56, where she's like looking at the painting, she looks a lot more, I think they did a good job there of yeah. capturing her true self. Yeah, I thought in my mind, when I was going back to watch this minute, I felt like she was a lot more, she had a more of a look of curiosity and like, quizzicalness as she's trying to figure out what's up with this painting and maybe that's in the next minute but in this one she doesn't really get as much of a look as i felt like she had she gets a little bit of it but i feel like the impression that that look made on me was more than what i see here mm-hmm. so good job disney <laughs> and then i feel like really throughout this whole scene and probably throughout the whole movie the violins do an awesome job of really bringing in the different moods she has the curiosity the trepidation you know the fear 
the like astonishment and you just feel because the violins are helping you to feel what it is that she's going through throughout all this and then you get like the the what is it the the arcing sweeps and i don't know music terms <laughs> as well as i should but you know the the violins bring home what you're supposed to be feeling uh-huh. and uh it's it is beautiful it's awesome i love it yes well do you have any other notes before we finish up i do okay because have we talked about her creepy long nails yet what no Bell's nails, Bell's, uh, <laughs> Bell's nails, <laughs> nails are, uh, they are super creepy. They kind like, of are you can long, see huh? them. Yeah, you can see them as she's going to reach for this painting. And in several of the other parts in the movie, oh, that's funny. you get a pretty close look at her fingers and her nails. And they're really long. They're really thin. They're flesh colored, which I guess is normal. You know, the tips are usually white because right. that's where they're not actually connected to your skin anymore. But, you know, the nail parts are supposed to be fleshy colored. So I don't know if they had given her nails white tips, if they look better or if they made them not quite so long. But every time I see them, they're almost like claw-like because they're kind of pointed. They're not really rounded very much at the ends. That's so, so every funny. time I see her nails, I'm like, Belle, you're awesome. I love you, but you have creepy hands. <laughs> creepy, creepy hands. That's funny. I never... I mean, I remember noticing her nails before, but I don't remember thinking, oh, they're creepy. I just <laughs> remember noticing them, but it's been a long time, I think. Maybe they should have painted them like a light blue or, you know. Blue? <laughs> well, that's her color. She's blue. Um, Yeah, but they didn't have nail polish like that probably back in the day. They must have. I mean, France and Egypt, like makeup has been around forever. Yeah, Maybe I just feel like blue yeah. wouldn't have been a thing in that time pink? period. I could say pink. Anyway, or they, French I feel, tip. I mean, they're in France. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. If they had done the tips white, maybe that would have helped. But they're just really long and pointy, even if they were colored differently. They're very witchy hands, very witchy <laughs> nails. Right. So that was the, the last note on what we see in the minute that I have. But I did want to, like I said, uh, go back and read kind of the difference in the, the scripts. So this might work out. And if it doesn't, we'll just cut it out. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. So in the script that I believe that they went off of for the making of the movie, um, she says her curiosity take, overtakes her and she turns back to the West Wing. Her excitement begins to dwindle, though, when she enters the hallway leading to the Beast's Slayer. As she walks down the hallway, she stops to look in a mirror that has been shattered into several pieces, each one reflecting her concerned look. She reaches the end of the hall and finds a closed door with gargoyle handles. She takes a deep breath, then reaches out and opens the door. Cut to interior of Lair, where Belle begins to explore. She is truly shocked by everything she sees. She wanders around, looking, and knocks over a table, but catches it before it crashes to the floor. She then turns her head and sees a shredded picture on the wall. We can only see part of the portrait, and it's the same portrait that was shredded in the opening. And she reaches out. That's the script that I think that they went off of. Mm -hmm. But then we have, the, I guess, the screenplay, which is the one that doesn't really follow what's in the movie very much anymore. And it's a lot darker, I guess. It says, interior West Wing corridor. Belle gazes down the long, gloomy corridor. It's too dark for her to see what lies at the end. She begins to move cautiously down the hall, ready to bolt at the slightest sound. The eyes of the ancient portraits on the wall shift to track her. Ooh. Belle slows. She can feel someone watching. She stops, thinks for a minute, and smiles with relief. It must be the objects again. That's what they called uh, Lumiere and all them in the in this screenplay. Hands on her hips, she turns around, but the long corridor is dark, still and utterly silent. 
Her smile fades. She turns around unsteadily and keeps going. As she nears the end of the hall, a heavy, foreboding door materializes out of the shadows. She approaches cautiously. What dark secret lies on the other side? Belle glances up. The gargoyles seem to scream at her. Keep away. Keep away. Belle reaches out toward the ornate doorknob, takes a deep breath for courage, and turns it. Creak. Interior of Beast Lair. Belle's eyes go wide as she takes in the sight that lies before her. It's the Beast's Lair. Dark. Dank. Filthy. Strewn with broken furniture, cracked mirrors, torn titled portraits, doors torn from their hinges, wall sconces encrusted with old wax, shredded curtains, gnawed bones, a matted pile of bed coverings and ripped clothing. Dusty winter light filters in through an open window where gnarled tree vines have grown inside. They creep along the filthy carpet and spread their fingers up the walls. It's a horrific sight, a violent, uncivilized place where the beast has lived with his own filth and self-recrimination. Belle shivers with equal parts disgust and trepidation. She glances up at a small portrait that has been racked with razor-sharp claws. It appears to be the portrait of a young boy. She looks closer. There's something about the eyes. Dot, dot, dot. Ooh, I like that version. I know, it was so good, right? Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, in the original French novel, uh-huh. she was attended by, uh, what does it say? The music box? What? A music box? No. Oh. By invisible servants. Oh. And That's creepy. there is another, there's a version of Beauty and the Beast that is probably one of my favorites that it's really fairly true to the original French novel. And in it, like they have these gargoyles and stuff and they show the eyes of the gargoyles following her as she walks through. <laughs> so that's kind of cool that they were going to include it in the original of this version. Yeah, I I really like how, as I was reading through the screenplay version, a lot of the small actions that she takes in the finished movie that we see, it gives the the thought process and the feelings behind that. Because you kind of do get the pauses and like the look backs and you hear like a whisper and it just sounds kind of like wind blowing in the movie. But in the screenplay, those are the voices that she hears or the sounds that she hears. Yeah, so uh, I really like how together those two give a much darker and and scarier feeling so i know you can't really translate all the words into images as easily as you'd like to but yeah i thought that was definitely worth a read Mm -hmm. i love that you shared that thanks you're welcome (laughs) okay so that's all i have (laughs) and then we end with the first glimpse of the human beast Yes. Yeah, we don't get the full picture of him, but we see a portrait that has some eyes that are definitely familiar to us. Mm-hmm. And Belle's about to figure out who, maybe. We don't know. We don't see that. Da, da, yeah. It's a very suspenseful place to drop off. It leaves yes. us leaves us waiting. And I do have minute. some more things to say about like this painting and about the original, but I want to save it for the next minute, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah, because we'll actually, I think, get to see him. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember all the way, but uh, we don't get that in this minute. Yeah, so. no, we'll we'll see him in the next minute. So come back, stay tuned. Thanks for listening to us and following us. We appreciate you, and 
and hope that you enjoy listening to this as much as we enjoy talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us or listen to old episodes, you can go to growlermedia.com and you'll find Beauty and the Beastly Minute there. You can listen to all the back episodes. Or if you're listening to this on your phone, computer, pad, I tablet, whatever you have these days, you can subscribe to the show and go back and download all the old episodes and you will automatically download new ones and you can do that. And it would be awesome if you did that. Also, you can find us on social media at Beastly Minute all over the place, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. That's where we are. Find us there. Janae, where can people find you? You can find me at JanaeHyatt.com or on Facebook, JH Voiceover or just Janae Hyatt Voiceover. I can't even remember which one it is anymore. <laughs> but you'll find me, I'm sure. And um, yeah, I would love to hear from any of you who want to talk to me. So... Yes, that reminds me that you can also go to our Facebook group, which is on Facebook, obviously, but it's Beating the Beastly Minute Listeners Library. And that's where we have kind of a more discussion on the minutes. We post a lot of the screenshots we take that we talk about. So if you want to see what we are talking about and don't want to go back and rewatch the whole movie, you can join that group and see the pictures that we're going to be talking about. And we've also been posting links so you can watch the minute as we release the episodes so you can rewatch the minute and look at the pictures and then you won't have to try to imagine slash remember <laughs> what it is we're talking about in crazy detail here so go join the group it's a good place to be yeah and we also want to thank duo hansen who does our music so we don't want to forget them check them out on youtube that is duo hansen so until next time nice one bobby <laughs> Not decapitated, but he's de-torsicapitated. I'm keeping your bones.